Hey, everybody. Welcome in. Thanks for joining us. I'm James Adams. He's Skeeter Robinson. This is the Fantastics My Fantasy Fix DFS Golf Podcast, and we are getting ready for the uh, the Charlie Hoffman Invitational. Oh, yeah. Wait a minute. Uh, not the Valero Texas Open, but you can call it what you like. We're getting ready for it. The penal- the, uh, the the ultimate event before the Masters. Is that how you would say that? I think. At any rate, uh, the final chance for anyone to get in the Masters who has not already qualified. And uh, Skeeter, before we get into the Charlie Hoffman Open, we uh, certainly can take a look back. Didn't get a podcast in last week for the match play tournament. Um, I think you and I both kind of agree, not the greatest DFS golf tournament, but a lot of fun from just a pure watching perspective. And then, uh, so we didn't really recap the Valspar, which frankly, I didn't see a lot of as I was on vacation the week before, but are you taking anything from those two events as we get ready for this, uh, corn fairy on steroids type event, uh, here at Valero? Um, nothing from Valspar. In fact, I'm trying to. I had Tommy, and he, I think he, um, I think he bogeyed, like, the par five to eliminate, eliminate himself on, late on Sunday, but, uh, yeah, did not have, uh, did not have him, um, or that didn't work out for me, so I quickly forgot about that one. Match play, my, I, my bracket picks weren't terrible, my drafting picks were awful, um, but I think my takeaway here is... Oh boy, Sam Burns is back, and hmm, Cam Young gets a new caddy, Paul Tesori, and all of a sudden he nearly wins. Like the Cam Young wins coming. Yeah, Heritage. I don't know. Uh, his caddy has won there before. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how much that matters, but it hasn't happened. That is a fact. I mean, good vibes. I don't know, Cam Young's win? I mean, he finished second at the Open Championship. Don't act like his win couldn't be next week, quite frankly. Right. I don't expect it to be. Uh, I'm I'm not projecting that, but... Was he second at the PGA? Did he lose in the playoff to Thomas, or was that somebody else? The PGA? Wasn't that Zalatoris? Yeah. Sorry, I get my youngsters confused. Uh, Because Cam Young was in that final group with Rory... Uh, or was he in the final group with Cam Smith Cam and Young, Rory, okay. all those guys at the Open? Cam Young missed a playoff of the PGA by one. Okay. It was Thomas and Zalatoris. I, okay, I thought Cam Young was up there. But, yeah, Zalatoris is the other one. I couldn't remember which one it was. I probably remember that more from Netflix than I do from actually watching it last year, if we're being honest at this point. Well, I had – I Justin Thomas was my one and done. I think I had a bet on him, too. So, I do kind of remember that part, but – I might have also had some money on Zalatoris, so but or Cam Young. I don't remember. I remember the PGA treated me very kindly last year. Skeeter, anything, uh, anything further from the previous two weeks of action before we get into the Valero Texas Open? Nothing for the past two weeks. Just more about next week. We probably won't do a podcast. I am traveling down to Texas, not for the Valero. I'll be. I'll be in the Dallas area. I'm actually going to catch a Rangers game on Sunday with our old buddy Michael Waldo. So um, Excellent. So I'm down there for the week, so probably won't be doing this, but slight chance if it works out for both of us that we will uh, do it, but probably don't count on us. Maybe we'll end with some of our initial Masters thoughts this week. Are you ready to get into TPC San Antonio? Absolutely. Well, that's where it's going to be, San Antonio, and uh, 
again, we talked about what's at stake, uh, uh, the final invitation to the Masters. Most players that are in the field next week are foregoing this tournament this week. Not all, but most. Uh, so, Skeeter, what is it you're looking for from a player, I assume statistically, anything maybe non-statistically from a mental perspective with this thing, too? So, I mean, from a non-statistic thing, I mean, there's only one way left to get to the Masters. I believe the field's at 89 right now. They're not expanding it. The only way they're expanding it is somebody wins this tournament who was not previously qualified for the Masters. So, you know, the uh, betting community wants wants your boy Charlie Hoffman to win so they can all we can all lose money betting him first round leader on Thursday on next Thursday at Augusta. I pray for it nightly. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's other things. You know, people pray for different things. Uh, you pray for Charlie. You might be one of the one of the only ones, but hey, good for you. I mean, hey, we all enjoy it. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, I didn't. I didn't from a straight statistical perspective here, what is it that you're looking for at Bolero? Certainly someone who's got a game like Charlie Hoffman will do well, considering two seconds and a first he has. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tina Green's going to be the big one here. Like, there's some, you know, you do have to scramble a little bit around here. Bogies do kind of pop up a little bit. Um, par five strokes again kind of popped out. Like, there's four of them. I know 18's that tough little one, that little... It's funny that little creek right in front of the green, how much havoc that caused, that could cause. I want to say there's a par three on the back nine that has like a bunker right in the middle of it. I remember, I just remember C. Wu the year that I nailed the weekend, where I was like second place in the weekend. I remember C. Wu made a hole in one that, uh, on that Saturday. So I remember that. Um, so, I mean, you still want birdies, but. You know, a little bit of bogey avoidance, the par fives I'm looking at. Um, I will look at the proximity from 150 to 175, but it's, like, it's the most, but it's not a great deal most, but enough that I'll take a look at it. Scrambling, putting, and opportunity, and some of the usual stats. So, um, as always, once we move to Texas, we know that sometimes the winds can kind of play a factor. So, Wednesday night, kind of take a look at the winds, see if there's any potential wave advantage. Um... I guess one of the biggest ones was years ago that happened here, and everybody's always, you know, Pat Mayo was mentioning this. I don't remember that. It might have been before I got started, but apparently it wiped out like one half of the wave. So could happen here. And, of course, now that we're back in Texas, it's time to mention Texas players and Aussies who typically have played well to win here, including I think Matt Jones won two years ago, didn't he? Uh, I think that might be correct, um, as I'm looking back up. Uh, Skeeter, will anybody be breaking uh, Kevin Na's record here from the... <laughs> Matt Jones was second last year. He is not okay. uh, the winner. Jordan Spieth won two years ago against Charlie oh, Hoffman, finished second, oh, and Spieth won. I, ha- I think I had money on Hoffman that week, too, in, in DFS, so yeah, I remember that. I'm, I don't know if I was bold enough to use him one and done that year, but oh, I remember that, too, like... Did Speed do Speedy and things too? Like he pulled a couple shots out of nowhere. Yes, yes, and it was. Uh, I believe that was on Easter Sunday too. Yes, it was. That's uh, a good memory. I do remember because I was up well. Because I had obviously Charlie action. My mom had Jordan action. My sister's yelling at me for like cheering against my mom, and I'm like, dude, my ticket pays way more than my mom's. Like, come on. And Mrs. Adams wins a lot. Like she can afford to lose it's, one, including that day. Um, 
Uh, oh, by the way, yeah, she had Scheffler, so at least she got her top four this past week, too. Uh, oh. Yeah, so I definitely remember that one because that was when Charlie really had a chance to get back into the Masters. And yes. frankly, his game has not been the same since. No, no, but um, I don't I think I have much else for this. Um, Shall we get to the field? Absolutely. Well, we start at the top. It's Tiro Hatton in the 10K plus tier at 10-9. Hideki Matsuyama's 10-5. Ricky Fowler's 10-2. Corey Connors, 10-1. Interesting to see Ricky back up in the top. He probably belongs there in this field, though, Skeeter. Uh, you got a favorite? No, it's Ricky. Um, Hatton, Hideki, I think they both would – or Hatton played all three, but apparently he hurt his hand on a driving range? What, yeah, what? They, they talked about it on Friday. Like, if he was really hurt, would he still be playing? And I think that was a fair point. Right. But the worry here, and we worry about this, and, and look, this I think does get overvalued, you know, the week before a major. But, and Hatton's not the one I'm concerned with there. It's Hideki, because we've seen Hideki. He has no problem pulling a little withdrawal at any point, including Thursday morning. So I, I'm assuming people are going to kind of be off of these two a little bit, as I'm going to pull up the projections here for the first time no people are people are on Hatton but yeah most are on Ricky and Corey I'm gonna take Fowler here I know Connors is one before here but Fowler rates out extremely well or 24 rounds he's first in approach second tee to green third and birdies are better ninth in opportunities gained his worst stats 35th and par five strokes gained if I look over across the long you know short term and long term he rates top 20 every single range so 10-2 feels like a logical start with Ricky. Could also be an interesting move just not to play these 10K guys, even though I found some gems in the sixes. So, you know, I've in this field, it's surprising that I've got a 6K guy and, uh, of course, a 7 flat that I like pretty well, too, and oh. a 7 1 guy. So I'm inclined to think, oh, I'm not going to go up in this tier, but I might end up here, too, because I have the funds to do so. I'm also inclined to say Ricky's my favorite, uh, afraid that he would be way over owned, and that may be what forces me to maybe try and pick, uh, you know, a couple guys from the lower tier instead of one big dog up here, but I can't go, I can't go with anybody other than Ricky. I mean, Connors has a case having one here. Um, where it's a well opportunities proximity. It's just the putter has kind of been off, but yeah, it's almost like. But so I think this brings up some interesting strategy. Like, okay, people are gonna start. You know, how many people will play Hatton? How many people will play Hideki? How many would play two in a ten k tier? That's not Fowler and Connors. Are people even gonna play Fowler and Connors together? Because there's some names in the nines that I think are going to draw a lot of attention. So, mm -hmm. who really wants to start with Fowler and Connors? But yet, I think that could be a pretty viable strategy this week. If I'm going with a number two, and I don't really think I could play two guys up here, I might go with Hatton. I hate paying that much money for him. But if he's healthy and there's a, a little bit of concern against him, I mean, this guy was just second at the players and fourth at API. We've seen we've seen a real run of good play here. I mean, he didn't play well at match play. I'm willing to give him a break on that one. I would turn back to Hatton as a number two in this tier, hoping for some leverage against the field and ownership. Uh, and just quite frankly, he's I mean, he may be not might may not be a better player than Hideki Matsuyama. But if he's not, he's the best player in the field besides him. I mean, also, you know, if we get wins, that's not exactly a knock for Hatton. No. 
So, no, I, I mean, he's my three here, but I have no issue with it. Sounds like we both fade Hideki here. It's just a history. Like, we've seen Hideki, you know, if he supposedly hurts, and he kind of did this this time last year, like, we've seen him just kind of, you know, we got that bad injury history with him. Like, it just... I mean, look, if you're playing 150 lineups or 100 lineups, yeah, take some swings on him, because if, you know... If this is ha-ha, just kidding, I'm feeling fine, and he goes r- runs train on this field, then, you know, nobody's going to be on it. But you and I tend to be, well, how many, are you still at three lineups these days? Yeah, I'll, I'll play ten next week for the Masters again. But it's it's three in the $8, uh, I forget the name of it, uh, Mulligan, the 10K Mulligan. So that's, that's a good tournament, too, by the way. Yeah, so I'm just throwing three $8 lineups in there right now, and it's been working pretty good. I was okay last week. I didn't end up cashing, but I had lineups with player minutes remaining and on Sunday. <laughs> hey, I guess that's a start. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Are you ready to take it to the 9Ks? Yep. Uh, we start at the top, 9,900s. Taylor Montgomery, Siwoo Kim's 97, Davis Riley, 95, Chris Kirk, 93, Matt Kuchar, 92, Ryan Fox, 9K even, Skeeter. You said there's some some things to like here. Where are you starting? I will start with the logical one, and that's Siwoo Kim. Like pretty good history here. I believe he's got what, th- what three straight top twenty fives, or am I just off on that? No, you're. I don't know if that's three straight, but he's got a very good uh, yeah history. three straight twenty five straight three straight top twenty fives. Four. I mean, he's played here six times. Made his last five cuts. Four of them top twenty five. Already won this year. Is always a little bit of a wild card. He's the most popular person right now on a Monday night in this range. So, and probably one of the most overall favorite overall picks. Like, I I can see Ricky Siwoo Kim being the ideal start for a lot of people. So, that could be concerning. But he rates out well in opportunities gained, bogey avoidance, tee to green, proximity from 150 to 175, which is whether or not the par fives will come into play. 9700 fair price for him in this field. He's my favorite, but that but I have a couple others I like that I could see myself getting off of him just to try to be somewhat different. I not only think he's my favorite in this tier, uh, I think I'm going with him in one and done. I think he's going to be popular, and I probably don't even care as I will just take the points and move on. This is the week to use him. By the way, doesn't our guy Siwoo like TPC courses? One uh, players, right? Players, he's won at PGA West. Did he win uh, Heritage? No, he lost the playoff to Kadira. Okay, I'm going to count that as liking that course. And he also, he did win at Wyndham. So I, I'm i going to throw all in, like, I get it that he's going to be chalky and we'll get to one and done a little more later, but, I mean, he's just my pick all the way around. So that's where I go with him. I think for my number two, man, I'm going to go with, your guy, Ryan Fox. Yes. 9K even. I think I'm going to use him a good bit. I mean, it's been pretty good run for him. And we saw him come over from uh, across the pond, as they say, for a 14th at API, 27th at the players. This field doesn't, this field pales in comparison to them. I think Ryan Fox went 2 and 1 in match play and lost to Taylor Montgomery, who. It's going to be my fade in this tier, by the way. Uh, and then he fell apart. Ryan Fox was okay in match play, too, besides that. Well, he probably had one of the shots of the tournament, too, with that massive drive on the 
was it 13, that short drivable par four that he stuck within like five feet? Yeah. 18 was getting some love too, but yes. Yeah, he can move the ball, Foxy. He's a big fella. 18's a fun hole. 13 and 18, I love those holes. Love them for match play too. Yes. Love them for match play. Where the risk reward is, uh, taking the risk makes more sense or or is more enticing, I guess maybe is the better way to put it. It's up there with like, um, for me, for the drivable par fours, 17 at TBC Scottsdale. Uh, and then, uh, what's that? It's like 13 or 14 at, oh, dang it, um, Northeast, the week after the U.S. Open, River Highlands. Okay, I'm not familiar, I'll be, I'd be lying to you if I said I'm familiar with that one. It's the week after, the top. it's the week after the U.S. Open, oh, I can't think of the name of it. It was the one that, where I nearly hit Streelman at 175 to 1 a couple years ago. Against Dustin Johnson? Yes. Gosh, I had Strelman ticket that week too. I don't I can't remember the Is that in Connecticut? Yes. I can't I can't think of the name of it though. I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll get you, we'll get you that answer in a moment. The Travelers. There you go. I concur. Red red umbrella. Like there's that there's that water all along the left side. It's like a tiered green. Like you you can bail out right, but you still uh, I do know where you're talking about. Dustin Johnson took his shoes off to play his second on that hole. Okay, yeah. I, think I that, do remember that. I vaguely remember that, but that's another drivable. God, why do I remember the dumbest things? I'm telling you. Well, we all do, but. Because <laughs> of gambling action. Everything like remembering how the Vals- or, uh, Valero ended in t- 2021, gambling. That's why I remember that. Why do I remember how Travelers went that year? Gambling. Yeah. Yeah, why do I remember the Siwoo hole in one? Gambling. gambling. Weekend lineup. Why do I remember <laughs> that was like the easiest $1,500 I ever lost because I didn't have Cotters and like going to the like. Oh, well, he'd have to, like, get a, a 12 on a hole to avoid the under-70 bonus for the weekend, and that's not going to happen. So, all right, my when I see my projected winnings go from 2,500 to 1,000, it's like, well, I know this is coming, so. It's still, It was still winning 1,000. It was. But, no, um, I don't know how we got sidetracked all this with, with Ryan Fox, but, um, yeah, even when you go back to the DP World Tour, 17th at Singapore, 11th at Raza Kalama, which maybe was – Something in Dubai or Saudi or Qatar, I have no idea. 20th at the Hero Dubai, like, he's got some solid finishes. He's got to be one of the highest-ranked players here in the world. And there's not many people on him because I think everybody's going to kind of look at the Fowler, Connor, Siwoo Kim, probably Davis Riley, Chris Kirk area. After that, I could see this be you know, from Kuchar down through the eights, I could see that be being potentially a little bit of a dead zone. Well, we'll uh, we'll hope that's the case to get some leverage with Foxy there. Um, you like Siwoo, you like Fox. We're we're kind of on board there. Is there another player that sparks your interest? Yeah, I think Davis Riley's starting to show some life, and I think he won a Corn Ferry Tour event here in the pandemic uh, 2020 year. And I mean, 29th at Honda, 8th at API, missed at the players, but we know that course can just kind of be random. 19th of Elspar. I forget how he did last week in match play. I think he was like the last guy in. Uh, he did not advance out of his group. Right. And that's match play. Like, it's just it's a different beast. It's but, a different animal altogether. But having a win here, kind of starting to show some form. He's number one in opportunities gain. Rates out well in approach. Par five and birdie better. I don't mind him at 9,500. 
he might be he might be the one that everybody who's looking at Siwoo is saying, oh boy, that's that's high. I'm gonna go play Davis Riley. What about Chris Kirk? I mean, dude, he's had two a win and a top three, a T three yeah. uh in the last what, two months. And then here he's had three top tens and a thirteenth. Yeah, you could almost say that he's potentially a little undervalued for his recent form. Like, why is he behind Davis Ryler and Taylor Montgomery? Like, he's been he's been playing better than them. Like, yeah, he might be a little undervalued. So, but but yeah. So I mean, here here you go. This is why I'm saying that dead range, where I think people are going to play one of Fowler or Connors, or they're going to come down here and play all three of Siwoo, Davis Riley, Chris Kirk, or at least one of the tens, two of these guys. But it, he makes sense. Just, you know, I think there might be some game theory kind of playing in here. Who are you fading? Yeah, it's Taylor Montgomery. Like, yep. Kucher's not a fade. Like, he's actually had a decent history here. He keeps showing life. Like, granted, no match play is his thing, but... But he's still, he's still tied a Tiger Woods record last week. Which, uh, That'll anytime, give you some confidence. Anytime you tie a Tiger... Tiger Woods record, I think you're doing okay. Even at Denny's. I'm not sure I remember that one. <laughs> one of the women he was uh, oh, uh, supposed to be I around thought, was a Denny's waitress. I thought it was Perkins. Oh, well, it could be. Maybe that's – if that's the reason the joke failed versus it just being terrible, <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, I thought it was Perkins for some odd reason, but you might be right. Oh, well, either way. I'm not right either way. How's that for you? (laughs) Let's take it to the 8Ks, and uh, we get the defending champ, J.J. Spahn at 89, Alex Norens 88, Ben Griffin 87, Christian Bezadenhut 86, Matt Wallace 85, Thomas Dietrich 84, Cam Davis 83, Adam Shank 82, Davis Thompson 81, Nikolai Hoygaard 8K even, Skeeter? I'm not sure I got anything I'm in love with here. I'm still trying to figure this one out. Where are you going? Uh, I would be in the same boat as you. Like, okay. Matt Walls rates out really well, but there's always that little fear of him coming off of a win. Mm-hmm. And he's been playing good up for that. Cam Davis showed some life for the first time at uh, the players. Hard to trust. Nikolai was second last week. But... There's really nobody here. I mean, I have stars by Wallace and Davis, but I'm not really sure I want to come to this range and kind of looking at things. There's two guys that nobody's playing. Everybody else is kind of in the medium 10 to 15% range. So, I don't know. Just Actually, there's three guys nobody's playing. So, not a great, um, not a great tier. I don't have a favorite. But my number one, which will default to be my favorite, I guess it's going to be Adam Shank. Uh, Coming off of a good week two weeks ago, he's actually been playing pretty good. He's had one good finish at this tournament as well. He missed the cut at the players, as we've already said, whatever. But he made the cut and was okay at API 31st, Honda 42nd. Genesis 50th, Waste Management 23rd, Pebble Beach 37th, Farmers 20th. Dude, all those fields, I mean, all of those fields are better than this field. Maybe not the Honda. I'd have to go back and look at that one. Uh, and certainly, uh, you know, Valspar would rank. But, okay, that's a 42nd and a second. I, I'm not in love with Adam Shank, but if I've got to find an 8K guy to fill out my roster, I think he's my guy. Yeah, I mean, 
he does good in birdies and bogeys avoided. Or birdies gain, bogeys avoided. Good par five, good putter, good scrambling. His approaches just are not great. So if he's you know seventy five hundred, I think I like him. Eighty two hundred might be a bit to ask for for me because I think there's some guy. There's a couple guys in the upper sevens I'd rather play, but I don't. I I don't hate to play. Do you got one for me? Fade or play? Well, you get you got it. You got any other good plays for me? I don't. <laughs> I don't blame you. Um, look, I'll consider Christian Bezadenhut. I'll consider Ben Griffin as well. Ben Griffin's going to get a lot of it. He's going to be the most popular in this range. Okay, not because too he's surprising. Only, well, he's he's missed one cut since Fortinet, and that was at uh, Pebble Beach, and that's always a funky little event. I mean, Vals, boy, you want to talk about a weird one, Valspar. Gained 4.4 strokes putting. Gained 4 around the green. He lost 8 on approach. That sounds like me without the gaining. I mean, hey, I... I <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I hope he does well, because he's part of my team in the league with JJ Spawn, and I'm just happy I think I can field a semi-decent team this week. That's rare for me this year. My fate here is been how... Like, oh, okay. Well, fair like enough. He rates out horribly over 24 rounds and approach T to green, all the main things. And even when I look at him, he's one who another one who kind of popped into the players. But outside of that, his irons have not been good. He's not getting ridiculous strokes putting. His off the tee has been struggling. Like, I don't know why he's priced up here. Name value. Uh, he's in the Masters, isn't he? Um, I think he is. I could be wrong, but my guess is, you know, it wasn't but a year ago. He was a pretty, pretty, uh, good South, you know, player coming out of South Africa is one of the next big groups, you know, now, uh, not so much, but yeah, I, I, uh, he is I, not. Oh, he's not. Okay. I take that not. back. I thought he was, I'm going to take the, the pop that we saw at the players and I'm going to roll with it. I I figured he was just cause he was in match play. But no, obviously he, not everyone in match play was in. Ricky Fowler, for example. He's not in the top 50. Okay. Well, I, I'll, I'll buy that then. Um, you're fading Bezadenhut. I don't know if I really have a fade. I think I would I, – I, it's easy enough to say J.J. Spahn, who's made one cut since Hawaii, uh, the defending champ. I'll cut him because, frankly – or not cut him, uh, rather, I'll fade him. His course history outside of the wind's not that good either here. So Spawn, for me, is my fade. We'll see. Hopefully he's uh, owned a lot, but I bet he's not. Yeah, I don't think many people are on him. Again, especially being right uh, – he's part of that dead tier in the low nines, high eights. Are we ready to go to the sevens? Yep. I'm interested to see where you may steer me. There's a few names I have my eye on. Uh, probably lower than in the upper sevens, though, so I'm interested to see where you're starting. Well, I got a couple in the upper sevens, but probably not my... Yeah, there's some... Let me see. There were a couple. I'm trying to think. Who did I... Because I was just doing this before. Who did I ling off with? Okay. Maybe it's David Lingworth's time again at 71? Oh, yes, sir, it is. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm on board with that one. 10th at Honda, 7th at API, 6th at the players, 27th at Valspar. Irons are there. Putter, eh, well, outside the players, has not been there. Around the green, either really good, really bad, off the tee, pretty neutral. 100 to 1 right now. It's a bet I'm definitely considering as Lingworth. What is his history here? 
you he has know, not played since 2018. That's probably really common for him across uh, most places, too, though. Yeah, I think he spent some time on the Corn Fairy Tour. Injured, then Corn Fairy Tour, I think. Or, oh, or maybe okay. both, or whatever. But yes, that is a fact. He was on Corn Fairy. Okay. But no, he just his recent form... I mean, he's not rating out great statistically. A good approach, good par five strokes gain. Did he maybe come across in the rolling report... Yeah, recent the recent models he starts reporting a lot better at, so that's what got my attention. I mean, I have some other guys start at seventy one hundred, so I didn't know if that was the one you were stealing from me or not. But yeah, he was one that immediately popped to mind. Yeah, uh, in the top half, I mean, Brennan Todd is yes. somebody that I think of as uh, a guy that would fa- fare well here. He's had some decent success, so he's definitely going to be on my list. Uh, Aaron Rye, I guess. I mean, again, if you want to call this a Corn Fairy-ish kind of event, Aaron Rye was successful on the Corn Fairy Tour. I'm a sucker for Bo Hostler. I have him in our league. He hasn't done anything in a while, but he's had some success here. Um, I could go to Hayden Buckley and Brandon Wu at the top of this uh, group. Maybe not Buckley. Brandon Wu's my other guy here. Like I liked Dylan a couple weeks ago, but Brandon, I mean, uh, Top 25, T to green, approach, opportunities gain, burrage better. Don't like the fact that he's 136 in scrambling, 103 in bogey avoidance. Like, that's an issue. But, hey, if you're making those birdies, just give me a cut. And that's, you know, even if you finish 38th, he still might be top 20 DraftKings scoring. So, no, I'm with you on Brandon Wu. Uh, Benny on at 7,400. Yeah. After that, it's yeah. probably, uh, well, I've got a couple. I could probably go, I could. I could probably go with Eric Cole again, and then you know I'm going uh, with Charlie Hoffman at the bottom. All right, one guy who—I'll be honest—I didn't—I can't say I know anything about this guy. I didn't even know he was there. Seventy-four hundred Samuel Stevens. He rates out very well in opportunities, birdies gained, very good bogey points, good par five player. Rates out top half over everything, with the exception of putting. He's slightly below average. The proximity he's not great at, but when I look at his recent, you know, his log this year, missed at Sony, 67th American Express, but 13th at Farmers, that's a real field, 34th mm-hmm. at Pebble, missed at Honda, 15th at Puerto Rico, just missed at Valspar, 3rd at Punta Cana last week. Like, he doesn't mind himself in alt events, and does this that feel that much different than an alt field event? No, it is not. No, now, it Graham, is not. he likes something about the coast with Farmers, Pebble, Punta Cana, and Puerto Rico. This is not the coast, but I think he's potentially worth a flyer. Will Gordon do anything for you? Ryan Palmer do anything for you down here at the bottom? Palmer, where did he? He popped a little bit. Uh, no one will Gordon. Okay. Palmer raced out well over 24 rounds. Pretty good in the TD Greeny approach, but... What is? I feel like he's not been great recently. Yeah, he's he's been terrible recently, but he dominates this course, and it's Texas, and he's a Texan. Right. Yeah, I I don't think I end up on him. Um, okay. EVR kind of popped a little bit. Just he's showing some signs of life. Ben Martin, fifth at Honda, eighth at Punta Cana, made the cut of Valspar in the players, thirteenth at Pebble. Another one I think is in decent enough form. I think you go to. Um, Higo has been playing well at 7,300. I tried to give my guy Molinari a look, but I couldn't, I couldn't pull the trigger on that one. Streelman's got a little history here now. Yes. Where's he at? 7K. 
Oh boy. There's I'm talking about there's some intriguing play. Yeah. And he shows the life of Valspar for the first time. His irons look like they came back. Good history here. I I don't hate it. I again I'm not playing multiple lineups. If I do, I'm playing three at most, so I'm not getting there, but I don't hate him there. Um last where I'll go with is Batia. Yeah, like, I went there last time. It didn't pay out. Um, he I just could... barely missed a Valspar, but he was 24th last week. Yeah. No, I could go back that route. I was thinking I would just start one uh, with Streelman, Hoffman, and Harry Hall, and I'd have three 7K guys. Maybe that's how I get two 8K or 10K guys in my lineup. Harry Hall. He's an Englishman who I have on my team because of world ranking uh, and such. Good. He was 13th at Putacana, 7th at Puerto Rico, missed at Valspar. Well, that was, yeah. I don't know anything about him except for he wears one of those goofy, like, pub-style soccer watch and cold hat, ball cap, fake ball cap kind of things. Which I feel like would be right up your alley. I don't wear those, no. I have too large of a head. Okay, but I, like, you, you're like not Like, the hat that Bryson wears, that's what I'm talking about. Like, Harry Hall wears one of those, but it's more like, I don't know. It's like a burlap sack instead of, I don't know, I'm just, I'm, I'm talking out of my ass now. Okay, so but he well, does wear that style of hat. Have we mentioned like almost everybody that's seven K or seventy one hundred? So probably because we don't like anybody. No, but I think these are all intriguing names. Like I noticed the Streelman one. Harry Hall hadn't really caught my attention. Everybody else, yeah, I think there's a case for. Hmm. Do you have a fade in the sevens, or do we leave anyone left for that? Um. I probably can go up to. Let me see. Why is this guy? He's making cuts, but am I really playing seventy-seven hundred for Taylor Pendrith? No, I mean he's making cuts, but past few tournaments has not done much with them. Seventieth at Putacana, sixty-ninth at Players, miss at API. You have to go back to the seventh at the Pebble, and other than that, really hasn't done much this year. So I will stay off at Pendrith. I will fade Andrew Putnam. Made one cut in the last two months. I'll pass. Did I play him when he made the cut? Because I feel like I used him recently. Uh, well, I apologize to you for using him then. Okay. Unless it was uh, what he at finished thirty fourth at API. If you used him at API, you were probably happy because he probably didn't cost you that much after three missed cuts. No. Shall we take it to the six Ks? Yes. Do you have anybody in the six Ks? Yes. I do too. And it's not, you know, like Scott Piercy rates out well, but he's a guy like I play once a year, and I swear every time I play him, he misses the cut in like by five. So we'll add him to the once in a while I don't get right range. Who is my guy down here? I like two guys real at the very top uh, of the group. Okay. Well, at 6,900. Hold on, where we go? I could take him off the ban list. Lucas Glover's been okay here, has he not? Yeah. Good history. He was 36 at Valspar, uh, 51st at the Players. He's 6,900. Lucas Glover's got to be a thought in the 6Ks. The guy has won a major championship, won on the PGA Tour. 6K in this field, uh, he's off the list. Dylan Fratelli has a pretty good course history here, too. He has not been playing all that great, but has popped a couple times since uh, January with a 14th and a 29th. Also a lot of missed cuts, but 
Dylan Fratelli at 6,800 in this field feels like a good play, too, or at least a good risk. Let's see, Fratelli last year through Texas, 8th, 69, 35th. Uh, not for me, but hey, I'm never going to tell you not to play a former John Deere Classic winner. All right. You're, actually, I got another John Deere Classic winner I'm going to mention, but not yet. 6,200. Another guy I don't know much about, but Kevin Roy. For somebody at 6,200, he's made three of his past four cuts, which includes a 29th at Honda, 33rd at Puerto Rico, Valspar, did, he missed, 50th at Punta Cana. Like, I realize those aren't great finishes, but he's 6,200. Mm -hmm. He rates out very well in approach and opportunities gained, good proximity. The putter and scrambling could be a little bit of an issue, but, I mean, at that, pr at that price... A made cut is a massive victory at 6,200. Yeah, like, he, he pulls a top 40, like, okay, top top half of the field, birdies are better bogey avoidance, like, that sounds good to me, and he's not, he's not the only $6,200 golfer I don't, that I like, or could play. <laughs> is it Duffner? Is it, it Texan is. Jimmy Walker? A it's pair of Jimmy. major champions. A not pair of Jimmy PGA Walker. champions. Not Jimmy Walker, no. I mean, Duffner, again. He's made five cuts in a row. His best finish, 32nd. But he's 6,200. Like, mm -hmm. that's not a terrible punt play. I have two other guys in the 6K range. I think I only, to my knowledge, I have Glover and Fratelli. If I find another one, I'm not on them currently. Well, this might be a rare one because I don't hate the Herminator at 6,100. So, I mean, obviously I always like the Herminator, but <laughs> I don't know if I can be a proponent of him. No. Well, here's my case. Past three tournaments, 14th at Honda, 44th at Puerto Rico. He missed, it looks like, on the number at Valspar. So he's showing a little bit of life. Again, 6,100. Don't need a ton. And probably the best guy I would play might be Michael Kim. Like, 44th at Farmers, 11th at Pebble. He missed at Honda. Probably put a couple in the water. 5th at Puerto Rico, 45th at Valspar, 26th at Punta Cana. Like, he's starting to show some life. Good bogey mm. avoidance, good opportunities gain. Fairly, you know, top half of the field in approach in Tita Green. 6,500. Not the worst price on him. Like, I know he went through the struggles after he won the John Deere. But, he, I mean, I think he played really well in Corn Ferry a year ago and seems to be popping a little bit here. I, uh, I have no other names as of now that I'm going to get into. I see old Marty Laird down here, former winner. Yep. But I think that's it for me in the 6Ks. Okay. You fading anybody here? Um, yeah, sorry. I'll Brian Jay, your guy. That's okay. It's okay. We'll we'll allow it. Um, uh, I guess I'll fade Cam Champ. I continue to do that. Uh, my my man hasn't made a cut in a while. But we also know he he could win this event. <laughs> but I'll be he'll be my fade because he is a decent name at this point at sixty seven hundred. He oh boy, when was the last time he did anything? Probably when he won that tournament. Uh, what was it? Three M. Couple of years ago, I mean, he had some top tens last yeah, year. Yeah, I'm, I know, I'm being a little bit facetious, but he has that uh, disappear forever and then win a tournament kind of appeal. Well, I believe he's a 
Texas grad too. So oh, is he? He's probably not a good fade here. Then. Oh I well, mean, it's, what's mean, done recent, is done. I mean, his recent stats and form would say yes, he absolutely is. But again, he could pop out of anywhere. So watch, you know, him doing it this week wouldn't be the most shocking thing in the world. Skeeter, shall we talk a little one and done? Yep. I went with Scheffler last week. I am currently 990th place. Okay. So I'm, I'm in to, inside the top thousand. Uh, could have been a lot better if Scotty won. Such is life. We talk about this week. I mean, dude, I think I'm just going to lock in Siwoo Kim and move on. If I didn't take Siwoo Kim, it's Chris Kirk. It's Ricky Fowler. Mm-hmm. I think think I'm saving Tyrrell Hatton for another event. Not that I know which event I'm saving him for. I just think I'm going to hold on to him. But I guess Tyrrell Hatton could probably be in con- consideration for me here, too. Well, I mean, I used Hatton last week, so that didn't work out well. I could have at least gotten a win. But I had Tommy at Valspar, so that worked out well. I'm in 121st place. Nice! So I've been kind of taking the popular play here, and maybe I eventually get onto Connors or Kirk. I don't think Ricky or Siwoo I'm going to play because they seem too popular. Mm-hmm. But I don't this like this feels like an event I don't mind taking a little bit of a gamble wild card with. Give me Ryan Fox. Okay. Like and the I only we... time I would use Fox would be the Scottish Open or the Open, and I'm probably not using him at the Open, and probably would use him in the Scottish Open. Like he's playing well enough and. You know, the windier this thing gets, the more I might consider. So he's my pick for now. But you know, if I if I chicken out, Davis Riley, Chris Kirk, Siwoo Kim, Ricky Fowler, or Corey Connors, all the usual suspects would be up there. I don't hate a play at Ryan Fox. I'm considering him at forty five to one this week as a bet. Um, but I think I would. I think I'll just stick to Siwoo. His course history, uh, and it's like Siwoo is a player. I think I want to use in the end, and this is a week to use him. So I'm probably going to use Kim here. Um, we'll see. We'll see. That's what I'm looking at early. Um, Skeeter, you got anything else for the Charlie Hoffman Open? I don't think so. I actually have the Masters field here. Let's hope that this is still the Charlie Hoffman Open come next week and next year. Yes. Well, Skeeter, it doesn't look like we're going to be able to get together next week, so a little Masters chatter is in order. I have no bets in yet, but I will tell you that uh, you know I've had some conversations, and I guess the first thing I would say is if the driver that Rory used last week Ugh. is 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 go time now, and he's found his driver again, which has been what he's been searching for for the last two, three months, he seems very intriguing to me. Uh, obviously, he's one of the favorites, but him winning, and then you're going to have all the storylines. Like him winning would make a good storyline. It has nothing to do with his ability to win, though. No, no, you're right. If that driver is there, oh boy. Um, yep. Scheffler's. Can you repeat the way he's playing? It'd be hard pressed to say no. I will say no. Um, people who have repeated Masters wins, it's a very elite list. It's like Jack, Tiger, and maybe Phil repeated. Maybe it's not Phil. Maybe it was uh, somebody Phil. else. I don't think Phil repeated. Yeah, like it's – I don't think it was VJ. I, I'm trying, no, I don't even think VJ won too. Um, oh, I think VJ won here once. Uh, but the, the list of repeat Masters winners is incredibly exclusive. And if Scheffler does it, 
Well, if he does it, he pretty much notches his spot in the Golf Hall of Fame already with the players and two masters. Um, so maybe that would indeed make him an elite player at still a very young age. And when I say elite, I'm talking about all time, not current form. I'm going against Scotty. Like he's going to be my fade probably in that upper tier next week. Uh, of course, there's a difference between repeating and repeating success, which could be a top five and a good play in the top tier. So I don't know, but I'm going to say no. So VJ won in 2000, and the only other name I see that it was repeated, like Arnold Palmer alternated wins for like, he won 58, 60, 62, 64. Like he just, <laughs> I mean, it was just like, oh, even number a year at that time? All right, take Arnold he, Palmer. The only he was the uh, Giants from a decade ago, the yeah, San Francisco oh, Giants. Yes. That's exactly what I think of. Uh, Nick Faldo was the only other one to repeat. Ah, dang it, I should have known that. All right, guys, okay, I have two bets in. I got Jason Day, I think it was Players Week or maybe the week after, maybe before Valspar, I forget what it was, at 65 to 1. He right I now is hella jealous of that. He right now is at 22 to 1. And then before the show, look, I have no idea where these live guys are at. Like, I mean, they've had two tournaments this year. They're winners of Charles Howell and Danny Lee, so it's not exactly, you know, we're not seeing the big names win, but. We don't get to say this anymore on um, on a podcast. This is with Liv, but we know Bubba likes his courses at 150 mm-hmm. to one. I think, like you know what, that's not a bad flyer. Yeah, as far as odds go, I mean, I can't say I've identified any that I have uh, gotten too excited about for a futures bet. Um, Dustin, where I look, I think was 33 to one. Dustin Johnson at that number is always going one. to excite me. Yeah, 33 to one. I mean, I don't know. It's too early for Max Homa to make the uh, Masters his major, right? Um, I think he missed the opportunity. I think he'd do it, but I'm not there. He's what twenty-five to one, I think I saw, and I'm sure there's people who got him earlier. I think people might be trying to bet him at um, the U.S. Open because it's at L.A. Country Club and with his California connections. Which is yeah, which makes more sense. I see him at thirty to one. Uh, I could I could make a move at Hatton at fifty to one. Uh, didn't he badmouth Augusta last year? Like I'm not sure this is the course for him. Actually, I think you're right, and that's where he got hurt too, isn't it? Was it? Didn't he like uh, break his wrist sliding down the steps or something? I don't remember. I know that. Dustin got hurt going down the steps. I thought yes. maybe maybe I'm can maybe I'm mixing those two stories. Okay, so who would you take at twenty two to one? At least where I'm seeing it. You have Dustin Johnson, Jason Day, but then you also have Justin Thomas and Colin Morikawa at 22 to 1. Like, Morikawa is a tempting one. Actually, Morikawa is my answer out of that group. Um, I also have Xander at 22 to 1, where I'm looking. Uh, Morikawa, I mean, he's won two majors. He's looked at times this year like he's got it all put together. He hasn't been able to keep it put together, but we know that that's a dude who can just show up and when it's going good, he can be the best golfer on the course, regardless of Dustin Johnson and all the live guys, Cam Smith, Scotty Scheffler, all of them. He can rise above. He's won two majors already. Yeah. Um, Salator's 25. Cam Young at 28 intrigues me. I think I'm away from Zalatoris right now. I think that's fair. Um, 
Tiger at 55? Probably not for me. I need more than that for Tiger. I like how they have Ricky at 65 and he's not in the field. Not in the field yet? I noticed. I noticed that. I guess if you're taking Ricky, play the Ricky double. Have him win, play the double him winning this week and then winning the Masters. That'd be something. Um, Our guy, Louie, 65 to 1. Ugh, are you? I could no. bet Louie at 90. Oh, jeez. What's Paul Casey at for you? 80. That's what I got him at. Um, Abe Answers at 100. I like, yeah, I see him at 80. I, I don't mind him at 100. I don't know where his game's at, but I could bet Bryson at 100 right now. Oh, jeez. He is 55 for me. I mean, Bryson and Ryan Fox have the same number <laughs> right now. I mean, I would say, I mean, that sounds like Bubba at one. See, I got Ryan Fox at one fifty. Yeah, so there we are definitely looking at different books, which is good because we've identified some different numbers that I think, uh, like, dude, I have trouble thinking that I don't need to go get some Bryson at a hundred before that number changes. I have no clue where his form is. That could be wasted money, and if anybody's wasted more money on Bryson than me, I don't know who it is. Not only wasted money betting on Bryson and picking him in our league last year, but all the times I would bet Matt Wolf and he'd come in second to Bryson. Yeah, but I mean, look, I mean, I'm wasting money on Bubba at one fifty to one, most likely. Hundred to one at Bryson, dude. That might be a bet I have to go make. Billy Horschel two fifty to one. I know he's not in great form, but wow. See, that's funny because he's a hundred to one where I, where I'm looking. So we have some, we have some, like I got, it seems like maybe the live guys are advantageous because this also has Dustin at 33 to one. So this book may be uh, anti-live. I might have to just oh. throw it down. What do you got? What are you looking at Cameron Smith at? I see him at 20 to one. Oh, I just put two bucks on uh, Billy Horschel at 250 to one. Cause, well, Cause you want to talk about guys who just randomly pop up. Billy Horschel certainly fits that category. I see Cam Smith at 20 to one. Okay, so that's a number that's uh, the same across. What's Bubba at for you? Bubba was one twenty-five. Okay, he's sitting right there with the likes of Gary Woodland and Jason Kokrak and Russell Henley and What's Brian Harmon. What's for you? He's eighty for me. One twenty-five. Oh boy! So Bubba's the only live guy. I'm not getting uh, better odds on here. Kokrak, I have at one fifty. HV three one fifty. Charles one fifty. Yeah, that's what I've got for those two. Phil, I think, is 200. I have zero interest in that one. Oh, yeah. But you want to talk about controversy in golf. Could you imagine Phil winning the Masters this year? <sighs> the firestorm that would come from that. Yeah, I could imagine it. Phil has a way of making things happen. <laughs> here, here. I, I, here, here's your Sunday pairing. Forget... You know, Scheffler versus Rom and Rory. Your final pairing on Sunday, or any pairing on Sunday, Tiger and Phil. Yeah, that would be ideal. I hope to see them uh, paired together on a uh, Thursday, Friday, but we'll see. I, they usually don't pair uh, Masters champions in the same group, do they? Oh, they don't? Okay. I did not know that. I would I think that they would. I, 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 don't, I don't know that for sure, but it doesn't feel like it. Like, Yeah, you're probably right. But again, for drama purposes, put Reed and Rory in the same group. Uh, you, you know, make sure that you've got a camera. Well, it's Augusta. They've got a camera everywhere. Make sure you've got a camera and a microphone on that group. And who would be a good agitator for that group? Uh, I mean, Kucher isn't uh, here. Otherwise, he would probably be. 
I don't know who would be a good agitator for that group. I'm sure they're out there. Uh, I'm sure they're out there. I think Justin Rose would be a fun one, just throwing there. I mean, everybody's already drawn, like, lines are already drawn, so I think, uh, I don't know if you need an agitator for that group, and I'm not sure that they're out there. I mean, I'd say JT, but then that just puts them in the same seat as uh, as, as Rory. Yeah, I, had, I, I saw a name. Oh, throw Spieth in that group, just for fun. <laughs> probably try to be nice to everybody. Well, it's, uh, except, <laughs> except, except Greller when he hits a bad shot. Well, that's true. But he's he gets paid to take that. Like, can we put Spieth and Hatton in the same group? Oof. Uh, you wouldn't need commentary. Spieth, Hatton, Horschel. You would not need commentary. You would just need an open mic and a seven-second delay. <laughs> oh, I know who I know who we can put with um with Reed and Rory. Put Shane Lowry. Again, he's too friendly. I feel like he would have a little. He could instigate a little bit. He might. He might not be afraid to say a little something here or there. Right. I feel like that would be fun. Um, you throw Dustin in there. He'd be like, yeah, whatever. Well, actually, two Masters champions, but he was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, Dustin. Dustin is already saying whatever. That's why I'd be. I'm really interested to see what his motivation is at at um, the Masters. You know. Yeah. Because I can also see, like, we, we've seen when Dustin gets into a mode, like, all right, good luck. Like, he can just be like, all right, here, fine. I could see him being exceptionally motivated. Yes. That's why, again, the 33 to 1, like, I think it's, I may end up just throwing down paper on the live guys because of these numbers I'm liking and just say, whatever, I'll sell my soul for a week for uh, for a chance at some money. Well, I mean, I've, I mean, I bet it fits the narrative. I mean, yeah, I mean. Because, you know, guess what? They're not live... I mean, yes, they're live guys, but they're not live guys of the Masters. They're normal golfers. Yeah, be real interested to see what... Uh, I am I am so eagerly awaiting this uh, this coming week. And not to not to say the Charlie Hoffman Open doesn't have a spot in my attention window, but I'm really excited about the next week. More so than normal, I think, because of all this other stuff that's going on besides what we expect to be exceptional golf. Who would be the best winner for golf drama? I mean, Rory's the best winner uh, if you're looking for PGA Tour triumphs over Liv. Uh, if you're looking for a narrative, a villain narrative, um, you know, I don't know if Cameron Smith is quite the villain, but Dustin or Brooks or Bryson, one of the oh, big Bryson. guns that oh. left, you know, of, of the American golf world. Because, like, you can make the excuse for Cam Smith, oh, well, it's, you know, his national golf hero, Greg Norman, that's leading this group. And, you know, there are no tour stops in Australia. And there might be live tour stops in Australia. And, you know, you can, like, I can make the case to rationalize it for a lot of guys. But when you throw out a Brooks, a Bryson, and a DJ, when I say rationalize, it's their decision. I mean, I truthfully don't, I could care less what they did. See, I don't think DJ um, would be that controversial because he's not the one, like, Try and get into all these events afterwards. He's just like like Reed is. Reed's the one oh. uh, petitioning all the lawsuits. Reed or Sergio winning would be <laughs> yeah, it would be good. Fred Couples would have to come out of the grave and give him not the real grave, not the real grave people, but to put on the jacket. Oh. No, Scheffler's putting on the jacket. I know it's the year before, but but I guess Freddie called. I uh, called Sergio something like a twerp or a turd or something like that see like i think guys like barner smith dustin if they win like there's not a ton of animosity like people understand 
why they win. And in fact, like Varner and DJ haven't complained. And Varner, I think, even says about generational wealth for mm-hmm. his yeah, family. He's, like, he's like, like, bro, you can't turn this down. Well, you could, but you at least understand it. Whereas Reed's suing everybody. Sergio, who's just always a crybaby. Um, even Taylor Gooch has had some comments. Like, him winning would be, oh, boy, there would be some entertainment there. Man, he was one of those guys I was going to like, too. Not, not that I don't like him now. It's just that he's out of my, you know, he's out of my, my, I don't see him. He's out of my view. So I just don't have, I'm lessening opinion on him because he's not a golfer, but he was a golfer uh, that was, I was becoming a fan of. Right. And I guess, of course, we always will have to mention this for a while, but Sung J.M., Siwoo Kim, they get a win. I think they have, I think they get out of military service. I think that's the case too. Yeah. I don't think Tom Kim. I don't know if Tom Kim qualifies because there's some there's some weird rules for the South Koreans as far as who qualifies and who doesn't. Surprisingly, Sun Jam not playing this week. I know he's kind of learned how to take a rest. I think it's, it's weird. It is. It's weird. Skeeter, you got anything else for uh, the world of golf? I don't think so. Well, uh, good luck this week. Let's hope we have one very popular addition to the Masters field come Sunday in San Antonio. Yes, I, I'm ready for, um, uh, dang it, I, sh- I, I should have been better prepared. I didn't have a name. I didn't have a random you said name. Ricky. You could have just said Ricky. I was trying to find some random name. like Jim Herman, who was in last year's Masters, by the way. Did he make the cut, too? Yeah, and then I think him and Adam Scott ended up like plus a million. <laughs> yeah. yeah, first group out on Sunday. I think they were in a competition. They're, yeah, it was it was not how many, it was how long for those two. Oh, by the way, the hat and the uh, hat and speed group throw Siwoo in there. Remember, Siwoo broke his putter a few years ago. He had to finish putting with a. He's a hothead. Yeah, he had to finish putting with a three wood. Yeah, he's a hothead, dude. He was, I was actually putting pretty well with it too. Uh, yeah, I do remember that. He, yeah, he's, he's, he's a fun guy. I was actually going to say Tom Kim in that group, but I thought, you know what? Tom Kim would be too, uh, as an instigator because he does like to talk and, uh, but I'm like, he'd be scared in that group. He'd just be the kid who keeps his mouth shut. Yeah. Interesting to see him. Uh, we will, we will be fading him in our, in our lineups the next week, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't like playing first timers. The first timer jinx. Well, uh, well, Skeeter, I wish you the very best this week and, uh, we will uh, certainly be in touch, and we will talk uh, some Augusta, whether we do so formally or not. We will certainly do so off the record, and we will be uh, chomping at the bit. But I'm looking forward to Valero. Absolutely. Well, for my man Skeeter Robinson, I'm James Adams. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been the Fantastics My Fantasy Fix DFS Golf Podcast. <laughs>